Hello and welcome to season two, episode twenty-five of the Two Hands on the Hurl podcast. And it's a very special podcast today, as it's actually officially a year since we done our first podcast on the twenty-eighth of June, twenty twenty, and we're what about I say roughly nearly close to fifty episodes now so thanks a million to all the listeners for tuning in and i'm joined by the one and only robbie mansfield for this special podcast how's things robbie yeah good tj uh good to be here on the anniversary of this uh great podcast getting set up and uh glad you's uh wanted me to come on board as well oh no jesus we can't do without you now so uh, <laughs> it was one of the best best decisions we ever made and it was a simple one i won't lie to you robbie it was yeah i was trying to i heard it kind of lean was like oh yeah we're gonna settle a podcast and i'm like oh yeah trying like that i was gonna listen to it and i was like oh sure you know try and get me on there you know so i should all worked out yeah no i remember the only difficulty was what sort of initiation we're going to have for you and um yeah it was kind of the same as everyone done but uh, same as everyone else yeah <laughs> <laughs> we, won't, we won't tell we won't tell what that was <laughs> yeah i know it's kind of gas the way it's working out we're late recording it this week due to circumstances um beyond their control but um yeah i know it's brilliant that we're able to do it and hopefully limo will be able to link in later on as well and actually i think it'd be very bad not to mention anthony um Anthony, Mark, Jack and Ricky as well, who are a special part of the podcast and always will be as well. So um, it's yeah, great. 100%. Uh, we move on anyway, Robbie, with the first topic. Did you get a chance to see the Lions game against Japan on Saturday? Uh, yeah, i just seen kind of <clears throat> a little bit of it. Uh, just kind of seen like the kind of highlights, not the whole kind of game. But I kind of heard the you know, the kind of, we kind of played well enough without kind of being... Like, I suppose they were kind of just getting to click together, really, you know. So yeah. it wasn't like there was going to be real kind of fluid game of rugby anyway. So, yeah, good for them to get a win. And obviously, kind of a couple of injury concerns and uh, losing your captain in the kind of opening game is kind of uh, is not a good thing. But uh, there's uh, Connor Murray, little Connor Murray there to step up into uh, be captain. So <laughs> that's a, a plus for, you know, the Irish Lions, you know, having an Irish captain. We actually have to listen in to Noni now on Thursday. Um, shout out to, to today. <laughs> Fender. Um, I know it's fair funny. Keith Earls and uh, little Connor Murray. Um, yeah, I was going to say it's bittersweet. <clears throat> I mean, losing the likes of caliber of Jones as captain, but they were kind of surprised. I mean, I was looking around Twitter and different articles and that, and Connor Murray would have been kind of one of the ones that would have been long a long shot to become captain do you think it's the right decision uh, sorry decision by Warren Gatland um I suppose it kind of maybe it seems kind of strange enough like having like a nine as captain um yeah. but then I was kind of thinking about it that they would be actually kind of a good person to link the forwards and the backs you know because they're kind of yeah. they're kind of close to both of them and they can really drive the pack forward and you know, you're probably more likely to listen to, you know, your scrum half as captain, you know, kind of telling you to do stuff than your regular scrum half. And uh, rugby heads could uh, correct me on that now. But, um, yeah, it kind of seems kind of out of the blue. Um, but maybe G- Gatland was kind of thinking, who is guaranteed to start? You know, who's going to be, you know, who is on the the first test game already? And, you know... So I think that was probably maybe what played into the thinking of Gatland. And uh, it's possible as well that kind of Conor Murray is kind of, you know, quite high in 
in Gatlin's kind of eye, you know. So, um, yeah, so it's really great. It's kind of a surprise. I wouldn't have thought it would have happened. You know, I suppose Owen Farrell would be kind of the next kind of likely kind of captain, but is he guaranteed to start? Uh, probably not because Bigger is playing quite well and he kind of worked well with Murray. Um, so I'd say that was probably, it was more like who's going to start, who's guaranteed to start in the, the first test. Yeah, and it, I mean, it's not being a hypocrite, hands up straight away. I would have been very critical of Conor Murray at times. I mean, you can't <coughs> doubt the talent he has, but there would have been situations that I would have seen that um, Andy Farrell should have dropped in Conor Murray and Jonathan Sexton just to try and bring a bit of youth. So, I mean, to go from a stage where he had such an impact in the Six Nations and then to become captain of the Lions, I mean, he has to deserve great credit for that. Yeah, it's kind of, you know, because coming into this, uh, the last Six Nations, he was kind of under a lot of pressure, you know, and you're, as you're saying, there's lots of questions about him starting and this season, I know he had kind of an injury a couple of years ago and maybe he lost a bit of a step with that, um, but he definitely got it back in the Six Nations. Um, you know, and I suppose like in the whole kind of Lions thing, it's who is on form at the right time or who is, you know, injury free at the right time as well, you know, because it comes every four years. So there's probably lots of good players, you know, that might have missed out uh, on going on a tour because maybe they had a bad Six Nations or whatever before the Lions tour or maybe they got an injury and stuff like that. So it's kind of peaking at the right time. And I think as well for guys who have been Lions before that they kind of think about it more so in that four-year cycle, you know, less about maybe the World Cup cycle, but they're probably thinking about their own game and, you know, trying to peak for the the Lions tour. Yeah, yeah, I know. Very valid points there. Um, Just before we move on from that, Robbie, there's there were a bit of uncertainty earlier today. Three um, South African players tested positive for the coronavirus and the Lions actually, I think, arrived in South Africa uh, today ahead their plane is it i can't think of the proper name but it's a kind of a lines mix from south africa there's a name on it but i can't genuinely can't think for that at the moment do you think that could maybe unsettle the lines that there's still <coughs> kind of uncertainty there because the pandemic is still kind of wild over in south africa um i know I don't, I don't think it will um, I know kind of on the radio they were kind of saying yesterday that they're all fully vaccinated or whatever. So you'd imagine that maybe personally themselves, they're not really too concerned um, about kind of catching it or whatever. And as like on top of that, even without even without that, they're all quite, you know, big, strong, healthy guys, you know. So I don't think they're probably, you know, maybe I might be wrong, but I think personally they're probably, you know, not really that worried about it. But I suppose there might be a lot of kind of stigma from the media, you know, in South Africa and in the Northern Hemisphere about this going ahead. And, you know, any sort of case, anyone who's kind of wants it to be cancelled because of COVID is really going to play up kind of any sort of, you know, cases and stuff like that. And I know it is quite bad in, uh, in Johannesburg. I think that's where they're going at the minute. Um, so I'm not saying it's like, you know, it's all rosy or anything like that. But um, I think they themselves should probably feel, you know, quite secure, push there will probably be kind of mounting pressure until they probably play the first game for for them to call it off. But I think at this stage, you know, if they're in South Africa, you know, it's not going to, <laughs> they're not going to call off at this stage. 
Yeah, I know. Very valid points there, Robbie. It's actually Emirates Lines they're playing on Saturday. <coughs> and then two days later, or sorry, four days later, they're playing Sell Sea Sharks even. Um, so, yeah, I know it should be a cracking test. And, yeah, no, I know. I won't lie to you. I heart wants um, the Lions to win it. But coming up against South Africa, you never know. It's a really tough place to go. Uh, anyway, we move on to the rant of the week. Uh, do you have any rants this week, Robbie? Or... Um, yeah, I actually had a rant. Oh, God, it slipped my mind there. Um, what was it about? I spared the listeners my rants this week because I could go on for hours. <laughs> yeah. Maybe we just skip over the rant for a minute. Just it might come back to me. I know I had something I was going to rant about. Um, just crack on for a little bit. Go on to the next topic, and I'll come back to it. I know. I know there's something I have to, I have to say about that. Go on. Yeah, I know. Not about as the father. You, if father keeps saying to me, if if you can't think of something, it must be a lie. Um, but be a lie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we move on to Euro 2020, and there's been some shocks um, throughout the. The last 16, uh, Czech Republic defeat Netherlands. That game was yesterday. Italy scraping over Austria 2-1 after extra time. But the game of the weekend has to be Denmark defeating Wales 4-0. Yeah. Um, like kind of Denmark were, you know, touch and go being eliminated. And obviously the whole Christian Eriksen, uh, you know, saga. And, and hopefully he's kind of still doing well. Um yeah, so like realistically, Wales, you know, probably not that great of a squad of players. If you take away, you know, Ramsey and Gareth Bale, they're probably, you know, at similar level to the Republic of Ireland. Like, they're not a great team. And, you know, Denmark has stuffed Ireland in the past as well. Um, I think sometimes as well, when you go behind in, you know, major tournaments as well, you can try extra hard to get back into it. And then that can leave you open at the back and stuff like that. And the Danes are quite good at exploiting like teams, especially when they kind of um, on the break and stuff like that, they're quite slick passes to the ball and they will do like, like any team, they'll do them on the break, you know? So um, yeah, like it's kind of, it could be, you know, possibly a fairy tale kind of tournament if they were to kind of go on and win it. Um, like possibly, but um, I, I probably can't see them winning it outright, but it'd be a great story. It'd be a great storyline if they, if they were to go on and do it. Yeah, um, other game yesterday, sorry, this podcast being recorded on Monday. Um, Belgium defeating Portugal 1-0 and, as I said, Czech Republic <coughs> over Netherlands. Um, is that a surprise, the Belgium-Portugal one? Because you look at the stars Portugal have at their disposal, Ronaldo, Fernandes, Jota, uh, their reigning European champions as well. Question marks over Belgium. I mean, are they the real kind of the slick team that they were four years ago. Uh, is it a shock or is it kind of just desserts there? Um, yeah, I suppose on, like on world ranking, you know, Belgium, I think, are number one in the world. Um, but I suppose like with kind of De Bruyne going off injured, that does kind of level the playing field a bit, you know. But uh, I think, like, you know, oddly enough that Portugal have a better team now than they had when they actually won the Euros uh, yeah. last time. Um They've got an array of kind of attacking attacking talents, and I was actually kind of wanting them to score because, you know, I have a bit of a soft spot for kind of great players and Ronaldo. Uh, I know you mightn't think that as a Liverpool fan that uh, you mightn't agree with that as a Liverpool fan, but um, I was I kind of hoping. That, 
Ronaldo's class. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was kind of hoping they'd kind of get a goal, and they were kind of like Belgium were quite happy to kind of sit back and like just defend, and you know they had Lukaku there, kind of holding up the ball, doing well, and like Bel- like Belgium will kind of be tough for any team, and the thing is like they're they're not going to be naive either. Like, you know, when they went one nil up, they kind of, they got back and they defended really well. Um, so they're, they're like a smart team as well. So they kind of have the athleticism and they have the kind of the skill and the finesse, but they're also kind of uh, seem to be kind of well-managed and they kind of, they know what to do in the exact uh, game situation, you know? So, Definitely Belgium. I think they're going to be kind of tough for any team and it'd give France, who would be my favourite, I think they'd give them a good rattle as well. Yeah, um, the games today, Monday, uh, Spain defeated Croatia. You kind of expected, but it was after extra time, 5-3. And yeah, when you see the on goal. I didn't know, I won't lie to you. I was away for bits of the evening. Um, there were... oh, it was an absolute howler. It was like unreal. It was like a pass back from like Spain where like, had like majority of the possession and passing it around and then they were on their own halfway line and they passed it back to the keeper. And I think oh whatever, he must've been just thinking about what he was going to do with the ball and he just miscontrolled it. And just because of the pace that was on it coming back from the halfway line, it just kind of ended up in the net before he could do that. And so oh, it was terrible really, but oh, uh, thankfully for him, they're, they're through anyway. Yeah, no, I won't lie to you. I played on goal a bit in school and yeah, I had some howlers. Um, now, I never really made the starting team, but when you were in training, um, it was actually Paul Murphy to call Kenny Hurler was number one. So um, I I have no shame in saying I was n- number two yeah. to Paul Murphy. <laughs> actually, yeah. if he didn't become an inter-county hurler, I really would have thinking Paul Murphy would have made and um, definitely a League of Ireland goalkeeper anyway. He really was an immense talent and um, look at what he done with Kilkenny after. Um, France and Switzerland 2-1 currently when we're recording. But we kind of have to look ahead to the big game tomorrow, England and Germany. They are another game, Sweden and Ukraine. Not really an exciting one for the purists, but England and Germany... Uh, do you think this could be a big banana skin for England or do you think England will have too much for Germany? Uh, no, I think they're very well evenly matched. Um, I know kind of Germany, Germany were in like a tough group and England kind of got through their group relatively easy. Uh, weren't too excited against Scotland. But uh, like, you know, England, Germany, it's kind of a game where anything can happen, you know. Um I expect it will be close enough. I think there will be kind of goals for both teams. Um, they're both kind of good scoring teams. And uh, I know England have been quite safe uh, in their group games with um, like they're playing quite a safe style of football, uh, but they do get goals. Um, and I think Germany are kind of the ty- type of team that will get at England and they can kind of ask questions of the English defenders and it won't, England won't have it all their own way, you know? So um, yeah, I, I would, I'd probably favour Germany to be honest. I think they have the they have a bit more experience with the players, and I think you know Harry Kane isn't kind of setting the world on fire. Now he probably go out and score a hat trick tomorrow or something. But uh, <laughs> I, I would I would favour uh, Germany slightly, um, but it could go either way. You know, England are going to be well up for it. You know, Germany they're kind of you know they see them as a real rival uh, historically and stuff. Um, probably the Germans don't probably see it as much against the English 
I would imagine. But um, it's definitely going to be a tough game um, for both teams. And it's like in the Euros, like any team can beat anyone. Anyway. So um, even like, you know, with Ukraine and Sweden, like it's kind of a bit of a non-event really as a game. But, you know, both of them could, I think, does England play the winner of that game? Uh, I think or, so. Or sorry, England or Germany. England or Germany play the winner of that game. <laughs> Yeah, I think so. I stand corrected on it, but yeah, I think so. Actually, a funny one. Do you think it'd be penalties Germany may defeat England? Oh, it'd be kind of, it would be horrible for Southgate. Southgate, if that happens. I know he missed a penalty, was it in Euro 96? Yeah, yeah. It would just be a horrible kind of, like if it goes to penalties, you nearly hope for Southgate's... uh, like that they do win because like that is a huge like emotional trauma to like have missed a penalty to like you know finish your as a player to finish your dream for the whole squad and then for it to happen as a manager like you know it's nearly too it's too horrific to even contemplate for him like you know so hopefully if it does go to you know extra time someone wins it in extra time and it doesn't go to penalties um yeah, it's it's very cruel, and for Southgate, it would be you know, <laughs> it would be so cruel, so horrible. I just watching here, uh, Paul Pogba is after getting some goal for France to go three one up. It it's actually unbelievable goal. It's about forty meters out and buried it up the top corner. Unbelievable. But um, sorry, I got distracted there with the goal. But I heard everything you say. Yeah, it'd be absolutely horrendous. But. It's kind of that. What what's the proper term for it? Um, you know when you're happy when you shouldn't be at something happening. Um, I can't think of it. Um, it will come to me, but uh, yeah, I'd be kind of uh, like I was saying before for the players that England have, especially when you're supporting English soccer teams, you like to do them doing well. But it would be kind of good to see Germany beating them again in a sense. Just it's just for the bit of crack, like. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. I'm sure most Irish people would, would feel the same. Uh, we move on anyway, Robbie, uh, from the soccer. Uh, do you want me to move on, or did you think your rant? Or will we uh, I think on? we'll just stick a pin in the rant until next week. Maybe uh, it's not coming back to me. <laughs> yeah, I know, not a bother at all. Um. Yeah, I know. I I have a rant here, but I won't do it because along the same lines as previous weeks. So, um. Okay. Yeah, I don't want to bore people. Um. So we move on to the picks of the week, Robbie. So I let you take away first this time. Uh. Yeah. So picks of the week this week. So it's actually kind of an odd one. It's a kind of another kind of podcast uh, on YouTube. I know I reckon I recommended it before. It's uh, the flagrant two podcast, but there is a kind of a, like how should, should we say like, they have a special guest on and uh, they have Alex Jones on. Do you know who Alex Jones is? I wouldn't have heard of him. No, he's, Sorry. he's like, you know, the conspiracy guy, you know, I'm sure oh, you've seen clips of him. He's like, you know, deep into conspiracies and you know all sorts of stuff and you just kind of like yeah he's just kind of but he actually does talk some sense sometimes and then sometimes he has said stuff that has turned out to be true and all sorts of stuff but he was on their he was on their uh, podcast before and it got taken down off youtube because he was kind of saying some stuff that youtube didn't agree with i suppose um and but the guys on the podcast were loving it because like people were searching for this episode and listening to it on Spotify as well because it didn't get taken down off Spotify. 
Um, but they, they had did a new episode with him, and that's up on YouTube for now anyway. So <laughs> that's right. Try and watch it while you still can. Um, yeah, so it's the Flagrant uh, 2 podcast with Alex Jones, and they're just like having the crack and having the laugh, and they talk, you know, uh, some serious subjects as well. Uh, but it's all done in a really good sort of, you know, kind of having the crack sort of fashion, you know. So uh, Flagrant 2 with Alex Jones, check it out. Cool, I know, definitely. Um, we always, even though they may be rivals, we always recommend good podcasts. That's it. Uh, actually, when you mentioned podcasts there, Robbie, there's one, a colleague of mine on the radio, and I'm trying to think of it here now. I should know it. Um, oh, Jesus, what's the name of it? Sorry, I'll let you go with a second pick there. Sorry, I should have done my homework here. Yeah, no worries. Uh, so this is kind of a, a kind of an odd enough pick um, for me anyway. But it's um, I was telling before about this guy called Orville Peck. He used to um, kind of music and stuff like that. And uh, he did. He's on like a special with Miley Cyrus. Miley Cyrus did like a special for for Pride Month. She had um, like all different kind of guests on and stuff. And I was just kind of watching it. It's like an hour long kind of YouTube video. I was just watching it for to see Orville Peck's bit, but I was kind of watching the whole thing. And she, you know, she is a really good singer, and she has some really good guests on. And uh, yeah, it's like a really good kind of musical performance. It's a bit kind of out there. It's all kind of uh, very pride uh, sort of orientated and stuff like that. Um, yeah, but it's really like really good kind of quality music. So I think we might be talking a bit about kind of woke culture and stuff later on. And my view on that would be I, I hate kind of people doing it for you know the sake of doing it or just to tick a box or whatever but this was kind of done really well and really great music which is the most important thing so yeah check that out as well cool i know they sound brilliant um actually the two po- it's two podcasts and colleagues of mine on radio station i'm on and the bad attitude podcast and the big mag podcast they're two great podcasts um even though the two hands on hurls better but uh, <laughs> we definitely recommend those um I, we always support other people because it is an easy um setting up podcast so fair play and definitely check them out the bad attitude podcast and the big uh, sorry um yeah the big our big nose podcast sorry i should Get it correct, sorry. Yeah. Um so yeah, they're two really sound lads and good teams as well. So definitely check those out. Yeah, my picks for this week I have three quick ones. One of them I actually really love. I used to watch it when I was younger because of the uh the Irish content on it. Um it was on Tina G. Uh, it's on T G Cahar now. Did you ever see See You Burn, Robbie? Uh See You Burn. No, I've never seen that. It's actually, it's set in Donegal, it's two brothers, but they're undertakers, and it's just hilarious, like, it's just, <laughs> I know we're on about before, I often thought about becoming an under, anyway, undertaker, all that, but this is just hilarious, like, the 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 shit they get up to, and it's just brilliant. Now, it was on TG, or sorry, yeah, TG Cahar at half six of a Thursday, I think the last episode may have been last Thursday, but it is on the TG Cahar player. And for comedy, it's going back to 1996 and 1997. So it's definitely worth checking out for a bit of comedy. And um, they're about 25, 30 minutes long, but definitely worth checking out. Uh, 
the other two are films. One's kind of a comedy and the other's a serious one. Uh, I saw Netflix Smokey and the Bandits on it. Um, it's a film from, I say it must be the 80s now, but it's um real kind of trucking film. And if anyone was um into CBs or heard of CB radios and that, to be a heavy aspect about it. Um, oh, I can't think of your man's the main character in it. It will come to me. Uh, but yeah, it's a really funny film as well. And um, definitely worth checking out on Netflix. The other one, it was on RTE1 last Friday night. It's a film I really love. Gene Hackman's in it. But it's, it's ba- going back to the civil rights movement back in the... Was it the fifties or sixties in America? Sixties, yeah. It's uh, Mississippi burning, and it's about it's a, based on a true story, um, where civil rights activists disappeared. They weren't only uh, of black color. There was also a white activist as well, and it just showed the really bad, um, kind of culture was there at the time with Ku Klux Klan and all of that. And it just showed that then, which I was saying was based on a true story, the way they got the just results at the end. And it's kind of scary that, what, we're nearly 50, 56 years on and they're still kind of, you still have to kind of go with Black Life Matters and all of that, that, um, that rights aren't still the same kind of way. So it's definitely worth checking out. It's It's a really good film. He's a lawyer in that movie, I think, no? Uh, no, he's um, he's kind of a marshal. He's, or sorry, working for the FBI. Um, so oh. they were sent, it was actually the local cops were involved with it. The members were uh, part of the Ku Klux Klan. And he went with, um, I can't think, I'm, she's some brutal with names. He was in, um, how I know him is, he was in a Mr. Bean film. <laughs> And the fellow <laughs> character, Burt Reynolds, that's who was in Smokey and the Bandit. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. Um, and um, I I actually have to look up to see who the giant character was in it. Um, Francis Mac, or sorry, uh, William Defoe um, was the other agent in that. And yeah, he's a great actor as well. Yeah, no, a brilliant character. And it's, I mean, it, it, it just, they had a chemistry there. And Gene Hackman's just a genius. Like, I mean, out of all the actors, I mean, you have Morgan Freeman, we're on about Jim Carrey, all of that. I mean, different genres, but I think Gene Hackman is just a genius. But um, yeah, it's definitely were to be on streaming services. I'm not sure it's on Netflix, but um, it'd be definitely, if you could come across, it's definitely worth checking out. Um, because it's a bit like uh, the wind that shake the barley it's kind of parts of history that you can't forget um, and mm-hmm. has to be drawn to attention anyway we move on Robbie to the GA action that took place over the weekend and there are also uh, ladies football league finals as well um, Kerry got over Claire handy enough on Saturday night 3.22 to one eleven. Claire with a good league um other football results uh limerick great a great league campaign as well easily disposed of watford um we moved to ulster donegal easily defeated down leinster awfully defeated lout after extra time 319 to 19 
uh, or sorry, Wexford defeated Wicklow and Longford had a big win over Carlo. Out of all those football fixers, are there anyone that stands out to you, Robbie? Um, just kind of, I suppose, like the um, the Wexford-Wicklow game, just in the sense that it had been seven years since uh, Wexford won a Leinster Championship game, which seems like a really, really long time for, you know, such a proud, uh, you know, county all-round uh, to <clears throat> to go without a win, you know, so fair play to them. Uh, but they have to play the Dubs next, so... <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, That's I don't know. Wexford be, Park, is it? I think I... That, like, remember. Wexford Park is a tough place to go for anybody, you know, so yeah. it's only a shame that they couldn't, like, uh, have it rammed with... Uh, Dubs and Wexicans, it would be an absolute uh, terrific occasion. Um, <clears throat> that's the kind of thing with the fans not being in, you know, you kind of miss that. Um, so, like, if, if they were able to get, like, a packed house in Wexford Park, you know, and that could, they could make a real game of it. Um, yeah, you imagine kind of Dublin going to win. But uh, I suppose that, that was a kind of... Uh, kind of important results um, for the Leinster Championship. And then, like... A lot of the games are quite easy wins, you know, easy win for Kerry, easy win for Mayo, easy win for Donegal. Um, Longford to beat Carlo, the kind of Carlo put in a good fight, got a couple of goals there. Um, yeah, there's a lot of kind of mismatches at this kind of early stage. Um, and then there's like, you know, the teams like Claire, like you're saying, had a good league campaign and now they're done now. So that's like it. I know COVID and blah, 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 blah with all the games. You don't have to, want to have too many games. Um, but like, you know, it just seemed like, a, you know, a real kind of uh, letdown for these counties that, you know, just the one game and they're gone. And you've got Sligo in Connacht who didn't play last year because they had a, they weren't able to play their first game because of COVID. And then they were out of the championship and then they played, <laughs> they were up against Mayo. So and then Mayo kind of dumped them out again. So yeah, it's very hard for all these kind of, you know, what you return Leicester counties and you know it's it's I think the whole like lockdowns and like the back door was great for teams to kind of get a new lease of life and stuff like that um and I think with it being gone it is kind of it is kind of like difficult to to justify for these these guys who put in a lot of hard slog probably training over the winter you know by themselves I'm not saying they're breaking any training bands or that and then collectively for a while and yeah then they just kind of that's it for them you know so it's sad it's sad for these things yeah i won't lie to you i had the rant of the week deleted off of the schedule but i think we could have a joint one on this so i'm after adding it back in um, <laughs> let's come back yeah <clears throat> the reason why is you're after making terrific valid points there i mean we would have gotten away with it kind of years ago in a sense and i don't mean it, it, because teams were more even like, you could have Leash taken on Dublin and it'd be a real good battle. That was before the back door came in. Then you'd have Offaly, they were Leinster champions, 1997. Um, and then, I mean, even going back to 2003, you had, or sorry, 2003, Leash winning Leinster, Westmead winning Leinster in 2004. You had Wexford very close to making the breakthroughs then as well under Pat Rowe and all of that. Are we too traditionalists, Robbie? Is it a situation that the GA are tampering around with edges with rule changes, where, the, in other words, the house has fallen, you're trying to paint a wall, but the house has fallen down? Yeah, like, you know, I've said before that you know, the whole 
the whole system is quite backward. Um, and like there's like there's loads of other options you could pick from different sports, whether it's like, you know, Champions League, you know, four teams in a group and top teams go through and uh, or you could do like uh, based off of, say, you know, like you do in the NFL where it's like your league position. And if you finish in the top, you know, whatever, five or six or whatever from your your division, you go into the, the playoffs then, you know. That which to me seems like a much fairer option and also give teams more like kind of quality games and you can have it seeded so um you're playing some teams of your own level and you're playing some teams that are maybe a little bit above you uh some teams that may be a little bit below you and then some teams that are, are really good as well so that's what will kind of bring you know counties on and create like different rivalries because you have like the traditional rivalries um not that they're going to stay around at that, but the more kind of, the more you, these, uh, and that was what, what was great with the back door and stuff. You had teams that had never played each other. Yeah. Like, or it was like, you know, 70 years since these two teams have played a game in the championship, you know, and they're playing each other. So to get, I think, like it's never going to happen probably, but uh, even if they were to keep like, say the provincial structure as it is, just as, or as a separate competition, and then have a different competition for the um, for the for the All Ireland Championship. Then, or even like you know, as I know a lot of players themselves might want to go into like uh, like do like a two tier competition where it's like you know they have the All Ireland and then they have a lesser competition as it would be for the teams maybe in like Division Three and Division Four or something like that. Or I know those players wouldn't want to go for that, but. You know, it has to be better than getting, you know, better at the gate year after year, you know. Isn't like, I mean, I, I take your point completely on board. And I mean, you can see kind of the player's perspective as well. But wouldn't it be better kind of going along those lines than being knocked out after one game? I mean, I know things will change going forward and I know there are proposals going to the GA Congress. But isn't the Joe McDonough Cup, the Christy Ring Cup, aren't they great examples of the way now? In saying that, we're going to go to the hurling in a minute and there are some heavy beatings in that as well. But, I mean, isn't it a great example? You'd look at what Leash done uh, under Eddie Brennan two years ago. They won the Joe McDonough Cup. They f- defeated Dublin in Port Leash and got to an all-earned quarter-final. And to be fair, t- against Tipperary, it was a game Tipperary were never going to lose. But Leash made a good account of themselves. Then you take Antrim last year, they won the Joe McDonough Cup defeated Clare in the league drew with Wexford so why would football players be again I mean I know you're going to be down kind of a slight division but you're going to be improving young players are going to taste a bit of success instead of getting hammered yeah like I, I like if I was you know a footballer in one of these counties you know I'd be mad for something like this uh being honest like because you know, say if you're one of the other counties in Leinster, like say if you're, you know, you're outside of, you know, the, probably the main teams you would consider in Leinster, which would be Kildare, Meath, you know, and you could include another few in that. Um, and then you've got Dublin, who are f- by far and away, like traditionally kind of better. Um, and then you've got like Carlo, Kilkenny don't even play, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and Longford, like all these sort of teams, like... I know Loud got you know Loud people would say they did win a Leinster title in 2010, um, and I think they did as well. But um, you know, it's can these these successes are few and far between, and doesn't it doesn't do anything for 
the good players in in these counties. I don't think if you know, say if you're a young player in these counties and you know you train all winter and in, like on a regular season and you're training for ages and all this commitment you're putting your life on hold, all the parties and all the family events you're missing out on, yeah. and then you go out in the championship and you get hammered by a big team. And then you go into the back door and you maybe face another big team and get hammered then, you know. So <laughs> it's, you know, it's a lot of slog and it's a lot of hardship for a task guys to sign up for. Uh, you know, it's it's probably easier for the, the traditional bigger counties to get lads to commit because they know that there's a greater chance of success. Um, but for the other chance, other counties, they could lose a lot of really good players because, you know, it's not competitive. It's not, it's not going to be, you know, you're going out and getting hammered and getting demoralized. And then like, why would you sign up for another, you know, hard winter of training if that's what's going to happen, no matter, no matter what you do, you know? Yeah, I know there are really valid points there. And yeah, I, I don't think it really ever, unless the Congress take it by the scruff of the neck and say, here, we're going to listen to now. I mean, pundits are there to, get audiences to be fair that's that's what they're there for and fair and i don't disagree with what they say but when you have the grassroots people saying it i think the ga have to listen to it there's some brilliant aspects to it i won't disagree with that but there's some really poor and i think one of those is is that we had a rant here a while ago i well i did about the black card and hurling and about the inconsistencies about it but um, when like I was saying, when the house is falling down around you, and you're kind of tinkering around with rule changes, something has to be done. Anyway, we move on to the hurling, Robbie, and your own county, Dublin, had a massive win over Antrim. Uh, like I was saying, high flying Antrim in the league, and Wexford absolutely demolished Leash. Uh, Dublin three thirty one, Antrim twenty two points. Dublin face Galway next weekend. And Wexford defeated Leash 531 to 123, and Wexford go on to face Kilkenny. And there was an announcement today, Monday, that that's going to be a double header in Croke Park uh, next Saturday evening. The Dublin Galway game on at two o'clock, and Kilkenny Wexford on at half four. Uh, did Dublin learn a lot from that, um, Robbie, or did everything go right that Antrim aren't as bad as the scoreline showed on that day? Uh, I think that kind of that Dublin, you know, things did go well, and maybe Antrim had a few. They kind of got turned over and led to goals and that sort of thing. Uh, you know, but you know, Antrim were doing really well, and as you said, they have kind of made progress through the Joe McDonough and through these kind of uh, other competitions and stuff like that. And I was expecting for two closer games, especially and the Leash game as well. I was expecting to be a bit closer. Um, and the teams played really well in the league. Um. And maybe they just kind of it's like for the counties that don't have you know as strong of a squad, it's harder for them to kind of keep going consistently. That's why you kind of see a lot of the times when you know, say for Kilkenny for a long time, if they ever if someone ever got close to them and drew with them, Kilkenny would nearly always beat it the next day. And the same for Kerry, if someone got yeah. close to them and drew with them, Kerry would beat them. And the same now with this kind of Dublin team, uh, like they kind of the replay usually favours the stronger county, uh, if you get me. And the more kind of tough games you have in close in close uh, succession, 
the kind of harder it is to kind of keep going and keep going. And, you know, Antrim had a really good league campaign and, you know, maybe they just kind of put too much into the league. Um, yeah. We're too competitive yeah. in the league almost. And, you know, the other counties were able to hold a bit back. And then you just had the full fury of Dublin with a few bad mistakes from Antrim. And the same with the Wexford Leash game where they just kind of, Wexford and Dublin were able to put in their, their full effort, if you get me. And uh, yeah. their teams were just not up to the level at that point. Yeah, and I forgot Leash and Antrim are playing in, it's kind of a relegation, um, it's a backdoor, but whoever loses that game is facing relegation, and I, they weren't really that much in between the sides during the league, so I think that'd be a really entertaining contest and one to be watching out for. Uh, before we move on, Robbie, there's a Munster Hurling Senior Championship game yesterday, Clare defeated Watford 122-21 to points, a four-point win for Clare. But it was an absolute hammering for Clare if they took their chances. They had 22 wides, I think, in that game. Yeah, it was like they described it as a four-point hammering, uh, yeah. <laughs> which is kind of a good way to describe it. Uh, yeah, they were like miles ahead for a long period. And like just Waterford, they just weren't really kind of, you know, for the first you know three quarters of the game, they weren't weren't really at the races. Um, they weren't really shown as good of a team as they can be, you know. Um, I, like, I don't play... Any stretch of the imagination, think they're finished for this year. I think they're going to come back and uh, they're going to get a bit of fire in their bellies from this game. And um, the manager was saying they were just flat, they were just flat all over the field. Um, so yeah, I think they will pick themselves up. Um, you know, for Clare, you know, I know they won, but they missed a lot of chances as well. So it's kind of it's hard to say like that they had like that they'll be confident going into the Tipperary game because if they miss. 22 shots against Tipperary, they're not going to win. No. <laughs> like there's no. very very few teams that could miss that much and, and, and uh, beat Tipperary even on tip on a bad day, you know. So that's going to be a cracking game as well. Um, I thought, yeah, Waterford will come back strong. Um, but Clare, hopefully, if, if they can kind of, um, you know, kind of trim down those kind of wides and turn them into scores, uh, it'll definitely give uh, Tipperary a, a good game anyway. Yeah, no, I'd agree completely with you. I mean, Watford, I think, were playing with seven of their all-earned team last year. They were missing Connor Prunty, Jamie Byrne, Tyke DeBurka, Stephen O'Keefe and all that. But no Neem Cal, personally, he wouldn't have been really happy. One thing that he really prides himself in, his team's been really fired up and sharp and all of that. And for any team, it's it's unfortunate you get days like that. But I, I do expect, as you say, a big lash. Um, kind of a, a kind of a fire back there from um. Sorry, I was going to say Wexford Watford, in that um. We move on, Robbie and Dublin's dominance continues in the ladies' football. They defeated Cork two fifteen to one thirteen in the intermediate meet. Are making great progress. Won the junior last year, and are won the division two defeating Kerry an impressive win there two sixteen to one nine. In Division 4, Leitrim defeated late 114-49 and Leach had a last-minute uh, one-point win over uh, Kildare 210-36. That's in the ladies' football. Uh, Kildare equalised that game. There was, um, with about two minutes to go, there was a long injury layoff and then Leach went up, got the win and score. Um, Dublin against Cork. Dublin really have the hoodoo over Cork now. It was vice versa a few years ago. Can anyone stop Dublin in the ladies' football, Robbie? Yeah, I think uh, 
know, in the in the men's game, I think you know Kerry's time is is uh, coming, but in the ladies, uh, the Dublin ladies, still as kind of dominant as they were kind of last year. You know, a very strong kind of group of players. Uh, you know, kind of beating Cork consistently is not easy, um, especially in ladies football. So. Yeah, they're kind of doing well, um, but you know, championship is a different, you know, different kettle of fish or whatever. You know the way. So, and things can go, you know, things can go wrong for teams and stuff like that. So they're not unbeatable. Um, but yeah, I think they're in a great shout to to win another All Ireland this year. Yeah, no, I can't disagree with you. And then the Irish Rugby International, Hannah Turl being uh, an addition there as well. I mean, she was a great player. She's after stepping away from the Irish Rugby team after retiring. But she is a real addition to that Dublin team. And honestly, I can't see anyone stopping them. I know you're being modest, but um, <sighs> yeah, I know they're, they're just a phenomenal. And um, trying to think of the Dublin manager's name, I think it's Mick Bohan. Um, I stand corrected on that, but he's he's doing a terrific job there. Uh, we can't move on from the GA Robbie without mentioning Keane O'Sullivan's retirement from the Dublin Footballers. Um, it's unfortunate that he had to retire because he said his body simply can't go on. Uh, how much of a loss will he be to the Dublin team? Yeah, massive. Like he was like always, 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 always. He was Mister Dependable, Mister Consistency. He was just you know delivered top class performance and uh he even said it uh i think it was yeah on the instagram last night that he was always kind of in the right place in the key moment you know the way so like not just in the right place you know for a general player or whatever just when you know say mayo or Kerry or some team was getting a run on dublin or you know he was just there to nip the ball out and you know he's the He's the best probably sweeper, you know, in football. And there's a lot of really great sweepers out there, you know, and um, played cornerback for a while and, you know, eight All-Ireland. So obviously part of a great team as well. But he was like very, probably underrated in the whole squad of players um, of what of what he was kind of bringing to the table kind of consistently, you know. So, um, yeah, like he's, he'd be a massive loss. And, and, you know, there's lots of guys retiring, which is kind of a worrying thing. You know, you kind of want these guys to go on forever, but you have to let the, the new guys come in and and do their bit, you know, because uh, that's just the way it goes. But, uh, yeah, definitely a massive loss and such a great player. Yeah, I know I'd agree with your sentiments there. He was a terrific player. And it just shows, I mean, no matter what people say about Dublin, it's hard work and endeavour that gets you to the top no matter what resources and everything can be there, but they're only there as kind of um, an extra facility in a sense, but it's hard work and endeavour. And yeah, I mean, he was a terrific player and I wish him the best in retirement. And maybe you never know, he might move into management um, and we wish him the best of luck. Uh, we move on anyway, Robbie, to Bad Dad Jokes of the Week. Um, the uh-huh. popular part of the podcast uh, we didn't have them when we started a year ago, but I think they're a great addition. Uh, so I let you take the first one. Okay, here we go. <clears throat> what do you call a redneck on fire? <laughs> I don't know, but I want to hear. A firecracker. <laughs> brilliant, brilliant. Um, how do oh, it's you... 3-3 three, 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 three in the French game, just to... Yeah, I 
sorry, I meant to say that it was an absolute brilliant equaliser. It's gone into extra time. Um, I thought Paul Pogba won it for France, but it just shows that France were a lot of people's favourites. But, I mean, Switzerland would have really coming in under the radar into the tournament, but fair play to him, being honest. Really fair play to him. Yeah, fair play to him. Uh, kind of like a solid footballing team, you know, but... Uh... You know, the end of, end of Euros on our merits and you know, they could end up knocking out the French. You never know. Yeah, I, I won't lie to you. I, I like Switzerland, but I still kind of not forgiven them. Do you remember the draw and was it Brian Kerr's last competitive game? Um, yeah. Ireland missed out on the playoffs, finished nil all. But I know I wish I, it'd be some shock, actually, if Switzerland's able to pull it off. Uh, be really brilliant and wouldn't it be deadly I don't know what way games are going but wouldn't it be deadly to have a Switzerland uh, Denmark final yeah that'd be real uh, it'd be good to see like a team that doesn't win it winning it you know the way it's always good when it happens yeah I know definitely uh, yeah we move back to the bad dad jokes and I think I'd rather talk about soccer because this one's terrible <laughs> I'm reading it again uh, how do celebrities stay cool so they have many fans. Oh, <laughs> that's a good one. I like it. Um, let me see here now. This next one. Okay, so I took a a poo in the elevator there the other day, and it's safe to say I took that shit to another level. <laughs> oh, brilliant! I like it. I like it. Um. Why did the melons get married? Mm, because they can't elope. Cantaloupe. <laughs> Cantaloupe is actually delicious. I don't know if anyone's ever tried it, but it is delicious. Never tried it. It's like me no. with films. I'm terrible with food as well. So yeah, pretty bad at that. <laughs> uh, okay, so this is a kind of a raunchy one. Uh, Woo! Woo! <laughs> <laughs> Uh, what do girls and noodles have in common? I don't know, but I'm scared to hear. <laughs> they they wiggle when you eat them. <laughs> oh, fuck. And again, we tell you listeners, if you're under 18, please don't listen unless you ask your parents. And even at that, we're not getting in trouble for you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Oh yeah, um, I had three more, but I think I go with this one. I wouldn't buy anything with Velcro. I think it's a ripoff. Oh, <laughs> very good. So um, yeah, they're I think extra bad this week. But if it was going by me, I think Robbie edged it this week. But we put it oh, on Instagram again, and we see. I'm just a ruder, I'm just a ruder jokes. I just go with the ruder jokes, and that normally seems to work. <laughs> Like the noodle, you have the listeners wrapped around your finger. Um, <laughs> we move on. I was going to say bad dad jokes. We go on to the World Sports Roundup, Robbie. Um, do you have any yeah. sports this week? Yeah, so just the first one is uh, just from listening to the Bill Burr podcast. Uh, lately, he's just been going on about the uh, the hockey or the Stanley Cup. And that's kind of going on. It kind of prompted me just to uh, check that out there. So I think it's like the final is coming up now. And it's the Tampa Bay Lightning against the Montreal Canadiens. <laughs> I don't have that right. 
Um, but if Tampa Bay win it, then they'll ha- they'll have the Super Bowl and the Stanley Cup, which would be quite big for Tampa Bay. And then if um, if the Canadians win it, it'll be the first time a Canadian team has won it since the nineties, I think. So that'd be kind of uh, really big for them. And then it's kind of getting to getting to kind of crunch time in the in the NBA playoffs as well. So the Suns are you know, probably the best team in the playoffs. They've probably been the best team. Uh, they're playing the Clippers, and Clippers are missing Kawhi Leonard, who's their best player. Uh, the Suns are three one up in that series, and they play. They could be the Clippers could be eliminated tonight. It could be four one if they if they don't win today. Uh, and then in the other in the other conference, uh, it's the Eastern Conference. Uh, it's the Hawks against the Bucks, and the Bucks uh, are probably you know the the second best team in the NBA at the minute. And they have uh, Giannis, uh, who's a really great player as well. So they're two one up, and let me see. yeah, we're playing. They played last night, or whatever. So then they kind of play every second day, if you know what I mean. So the Clippers and the Suns will play tonight, and then the, the Hawks and the Bucks will play tomorrow night, and it will kind of go like that until people get eliminated. So yeah, getting to the final stages of the the NBA playoffs as well. So really good stuff. Yeah, I won't lie, I actually watched it for the first time this week and yeah, no, the highlights on YouTube are brilliant and Yeah, yeah they're just no, supreme athletes and... Yeah, no, it's unbelievable like you look just at the size of them, like it's it's unbelievable um, I know Yeah, it's I like my son was saying like the um, I think it was uh, who's the goalkeeper for Belgium again Courtois, he's like 6'5 and he looks like he's massive guy and then he was saying if he was playing basketball you know he'd be the smallest guy in the, on the field you know one of the smallest guys yeah i know it's scary like it, it really is and i mean i don't know i i would have seen it before i have difficulty with the wages that they'd earn i won't lie same at nfl and all of that but i mean they're just unbelievable athletes so um and I discovered something during the week. A neighbor of mine's actually coached to the Irish basketball team. So it's um, oh, he would have he's from America. Uh, shout out to Puff Summers. And I I just discovered it recently. And yeah, it, it's just unbelievable. Um, I discovered videos that he put up on social media. Um, he's also a coach for Basketball Ireland. And just some of the skills he's doing, it's unbelievable. Like so, um, it, it's it's just they're just fantastic athletes. I won't lie to you. I mean, it kind of the GA has to be really respected for amateurism, but you can really see what real real uh, professional kind of do as well. So, and I'm not saying GA isn't professional. It is in every thing bar wages. But just to see the way that uh, players that get paid for their sport uh, do as well. Um, sorry, I was going to... Yeah, um, do you have any other world picks this week, Robbie? Uh, no, that's about it. Um, just what, well, the other thing that's really, really important, that's kind of a world sporting event, but it's very, very local. I think you're going to it uh, this yep. week is the Irish Open. Uh coming to Mount Julia and to Stonyford as well. So that's really, really great for the local area, you know, good for the parish and all that. So uh, hope you have fun down there, Tej. Oh, cheers. Thanks a million. I know I, I, it's, I would have been on about it for a long time. I was staying there in 1993 and 1995. Um, I was very young at the time. Father 
um, got tickets for it. Father worked on the development of it. Um, he was gamekeeper in Main Tulid, and then he went to Watford. But then he came back um, and worked on the development of the golf course. So there's kind of a real connection there as well. It's not only is it the golf course and the popularity, but it's just the employment that it gave people in the development and still does. Um, so. Yeah, it's really special and yeah, I'm really looking forward to it now. And I don't want to jinx it. There's a slight rumour it may be in Mount Hewlett again next year. There are rumours okay. circulating around media next week. And I mean, there are two and a half thousand, I think, going this year. I was very lucky to get tickets. I won't lie to you. I had tickets for last year and that made me eligible for this year. But, but um, I tell you, if the if it's on in Manchester next year, I'm gonna put my house up uh, for anyone who wants to come down to uh, for a nice, uh, you know, uh, house in in uh, Stonyford here. You know, nice, very close to the Irish Open. If anyone wants to rent it out for me for the week, <laughs> it was actually gas. I probably shouldn't be saying it, but um, the time the American Express was on, um, even. I'm, no, actually, I won't say it. I say right. it off air to you. No, I could get into trouble. Sorry. All right, um, okay. There are people drinking that maybe shouldn't have been drinking. Uh, and I'm not okay. on about underage, but I'll leave it at that. Um, okay. Yeah, um, I go on to my picks this week. There are two of them, actually. It was great to see crowds back at Takura Racecourse. I was never at it, but it's one place I really want to go because... I actually collected people from outside it and it just it's a fantastic venue. So the Dubai Duty Free uh, Derby took place on Saturday and it was Charlie Appleby's Hurricane Lane it took victory there. And then in the Pretty Polly Stakes yesterday, Sunday, Joseph O'Brien's Thunder and Knights uh, claimed victory as well. So just a bit unusual, but um, I have horse racing connections as well, so I just give a shout out there. Um, McElroy, uh, Rory McElroy, and Shane Lowry were on about golf at the Irish Open. They're going to represent Ireland at the Olympics, um, so it's terrific to look forward to that as well. Do you think it's a great team to head to, to the Olympics, Robbie? Yeah, definitely. I think they're, you know, two class golfers. Uh, a lot of time for, for Shane Lowry as well. He's a stand-up guy. Uh, yeah, so yeah, it's great for kind of, you know, Rory McIlroy. I know he kind of sees himself as more of a kind of British person. He's kind of said that quite openly. Uh, but, like, he's kind of pulling on the green jersey, which is uh, great for the Irish Olympic team. Uh, and, you know, hopefully they kind of they do really well. And... You know, like we don't win a lot of Olympic events, you know, to be honest. So if we were to kind of get, you know, like the Olympics is great and I love watching it, but it's, you kind of be a little bit jealous of watching, you know, Team GB and, you know, all these guys doing so well. And you're like, you know, we could be like, the way I always kind of put it with the Olympics is like, you see all these athletes that are from Scotland who are on Team GB and they're winning medals uh, left, right and centre. And it's like, you know, Ireland, you know, population very similar but in terms of medals where we, if you were just even isolate scotland on its own like we're way behind uh, i know the investment is way better in britain for the olympics and stuff like that well yeah hopefully you know in the golf we can kind of pick up some sort of a medal or you know get into you know into contention anyway yeah i know definitely i'd agree completely with you and i mean there's an added bonus there as well the 
Irish ladies hockey team in the Olympics as well and also the rugby sevens after qualifying last weekend as well so and then you have the boxers as well and um, the swimmers as well which is brilliant actually on about the Olympics um, another my final world sports pick is the performance of Phil Healy over the weekend she's just a phenomenal athlete uh, she won the Sorry, she won the 400-meter uh, final at the National Track and Field Championships on Saturday and then added the 200-meter um, championships, to, or sorry, title um, yesterday in the National Track and Field Championships. And I just think she's a phenomenal athlete. And a shout-out to Phil Healy there as well. And I know there are other athletes there as well that I'm after forgetting, but we will definitely get to them on other podcasts. Um, there was one thing I left out actually in the the topics and it was a brilliant one you came up with, Robbie, is and it comes from an article or sorry, a report that came out on Friday from uh, America it came from the sorry, the U the US government and they have been a hundred and forty three UFO sightings since two thousand and four that remain unexplained. So the question, Robbie, is the truth out there? Yeah, I think definitely, you know, we're not alone in the universe, you know, there's definitely stuff out there. Um, you know, and I so you were kind of going on about Alex Jones and the conspiracy theories and, you know, sometimes the conspiracy theories get proven right in the end, you know, like just much, much, much later. And uh, not all of them, but some of them do. Um, yeah, like the universe, you know, uh, unless you're like a flat flat earther you imagine the, the universe is such a massive place uh, that we are just this, like literally a speck like a speck on a speck in the whole universe you know so to think that we're alone is just straight up ignorant to be fair so I think there's definitely like lots of stuff out there the big question is are they kind of among us you know are they in uh, Stonyford I don't know possibly <laughs> I'm not going to mention anything about Stonyford because where I'm from and rare and everything but there are people around Ireland that should be kind of second guessing in other words so and maybe do you know what maybe your people are saying the same thing about me so I take that on the chin as well uh, have you ever have you ever seen anything Robbie have you ever seen anything that may not be explained in the skies uh there was one time i was actually walking home uh i was sober so i'm just uh, <laughs> clarify that <laughs> and uh i live i used to kind of live on this uh kind of a hill and just i was kind of walking up towards my house and then there was a huge massive beam of light that's that kind of beamed down on top of me uh, i'm not worried of light not light at all oh, Jesus. i was there for it was there for a second, and then I went away. And I was like, what the fuck was that? <laughs> I was kind of a little, a little bit in shock. I just kind of walked on home, and then I just kind of almost was like, that didn't happen, did it? Did that happen? I don't think it did. And then I just kind of almost convinced myself that it didn't happen. And then it was like the next day I heard that there was like some sort of some sort of a light show that was going on, like – over the hill, if you get me, you know the way, and or you know maybe it was just the aliens who just put it put that on the radio. I'm not sure, just to try and uh, try and make sure I wouldn't spill the beans on it now. But hopefully they won't intercept this uh, podcast message. Hopefully they're not at you now, TJ. 
if they do, we'll happily take any holidays to whatever part of the, or sorry, I was going to say atmosphere, uh, universe you're from. Um, yeah, I won't lie to you. I, I did see a couple of things in the sky. Now, like I said before, and people can say, oh, that led some gobshite or some idiot or whatever. I did come across some kind of paranormal things that you can't explain. Whether I'm saying they're paranormal, I'm not. I, I honestly can't. I'd be kind of sceptical. But they were one time, I was actually driving with father, um, it was local, and they wore a light in the sky we couldn't explain. Now, whether it was, say, a satellite or something like that, but this was actually, it was solid in the sky, like, and it was a weird shape. And now it was a great distance, and I just said to the father here, did you see that? So we drove on a bit. And then when we came closer, uh, well, it would have been a fair distance away, kind of closer to get a better view in a sense, it disappeared. Now, whether it was kind of extraterrestrial or that, I, I couldn't even say. And it might be kind of a real simple explanation to it. But they are a yoke also in the sky. It's kind of up around the northwest direction, if you're looking, say, up northwest. They are something in the sky that you can kind of see moving. And Father actually highlighted it to me one time. And I went out looking at it and tried to look at it through it, but having a telescope, but looking through kind of a binocular, um, a single lens binocular, and it just couldn't be explained like. And maybe, like I'm saying again, it could be a, nat a national e explanation to it. It could be a satellite. It could be anything at all. But um, I think the way it is, if there are any aliens out there, they won't be coming to Ireland anyway with the current restrictions anyway, Robbie. I say Probably not, um, not for any indoors. No, no. <laughs> or probing either. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but um, just before we move on, do you think it's interesting that America came out because they would have been... Barack Obama kind of let a slight slip there a while ago that there were things that were interesting that couldn't be explained. Do you think it's um when America comes out, especially US government comes out and says here there are hundred and forty incidents we just can't explain like Yeah, well you know possibly as well, you know, it could be you know, Russian or Chinese, you know possibly developing stuff as well and they could be flying into America trying to mess with them as well. So Yeah. You wouldn't you wouldn't know if like the kind of the actual truth unless you knew the truth if you get me like they could be like the u.s putting this out there for some reason or you know maybe it's like oh we're kind of on to you we've seen all these things or or it could be you know because like the next you know like if the kind of superpowers are plotting against each other you know for like a another war or something like that you imagine they are kind of doing tactical operations and stuff so you know, it's probably not beyond the realm, realm of possibilities that some of these are like, you know, Russian or Chinese or whatever sort of uh, craft as well. You know, maybe they could be getting one up on the American ones now as well. Would you say that, I, I can't disagree with you, but if you look back at, did you hear the Roswell incident? Was it back 1947 or something? It's sometime around then. Would they have been the same kind of thing then? Because people around were kind of saying and I was listening to Pat Kenny had a 
kind of a brilliant uh, segment on a show on News Talk about conspiracy theories and what Roswell was one of the things they would have done. And listening to all the interviews and all of that, there were some things that just couldn't be explained. And the technology back then wouldn't be half of what it is now like. Yeah, I mean, possibly like I'm not, I wasn't kind of ruling out kind of aliens. So I just think oh, no, 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 Jeez, no, no, yeah, I know I didn't mean that at all. Oh, no, definitely not. Yeah, or possibly, you know, it could be thrown, you know, it kind of comes up a lot in the podcast, time travel. There could have been time travel going on as well. So it could be, you know, people from the future coming back. Like, realistically, I wouldn't rule that now, I'll be honest with you. <laughs> yeah. Could be anything. Um, but, uh, yeah, like, obviously if you're thinking something happened in the forties or whatever that, you know, you kind of thinking, you know, with kind of the world wars going on, that people were kind of showing their hand in terms of technology and stuff like that. So, yeah. But I imagine like since world war two, like and with the cold war, like scientists all around the world have been kind of busy, you know, behind very secret doors trying to uh, come up with new stuff, you know? So yeah. And we probably like, you know, hopefully there will never be another world war or whatever, but we mightn't know the full extent of the technology that's out there until something like this happens, you know? Yeah, I know, definitely. So I think that's one that we leave. We don't know if the truth's out there, but <laughs> they could possibly be. Uh, we Come move on. on anyway, Robbie, to the highball. Uh-huh. Highball. The highball. Um, the highball this week, you gave a hint to it, um, it would have been a suggestion, was put up a couple of weeks ago. And it centers on, is woke culture good or bad? So what would your views be on it, Robbie? Um, I could, like, and I was kind of thinking about talking about this conversation. And then, like, every time I was kind of thinking about something, I was like, but, yeah, you are, like, you know, a white straight male so like how can you really comment on it so (laughs) for anyone listening who's going to you know disapprove of my opinion based on that you know fair enough i get that um (laughs) but um i think that kind of like like going like super woke or whatever like i don't know if, if there is a real kind of need for it because i think in general like the vast, vast, vast majority of people are quite accepting of everybody, no matter their culture, no matter their like sexual orientation, color of their skin, like anything like that. That everyone, you know, everyone wants other people to just, you know, live a happy life and be themselves and do what they want. Like, I think the majority of people want that. And the, the amount of people that are, you know, you know, counter to that are very small and the people who would be open about it are like very, very small, I think. Um, yeah, so I think, and as well, you have like companies like even with like, you know, Pride Month and stuff like that, they're, you know, companies that are throwing the rainbow flag on all of their products and their social media stuff. And, you know, it's just to take that box or it's just to say, oh, we're we're woke or we, we support this, that and the other and ignore maybe all the other stuff we're doing, you know, so... I think there's probably less of a need for it than people than people who are devout wokeists would kind of have you believe, if you get me. Um, yeah, so that'd be kind of more my opinion. But then again, you know, I'm you know straight white male, so what do I know? Yeah, I, one thing I should have done at start, and I really apologize, and I apologize if people people already know, but personally, I can say up to a few weeks ago, I wouldn't have known. 
The term woke is a term that refers to awareness issues that concern social justice and racial justice. It is sometimes used in African-American particular English expressions, uh, stay woke. Um, so that's just an explanation. And I agree with everything you say, Robbie, being a straight white male as well. Who am I to comment? Um, I think... The way things are going is I think we're getting into a society that can be slightly termed snowflake. Um, just for anyone who doesn't know what snowflake is either, it's kind of uh, easily offended um, and kind of kick up about it. Now, I'm not saying that snowflake is bad the exact same as I'm not saying woke is good or bad because, um, as we often said, and I said earlier, um in this podcast and other podcasts, the discrimination against people has been horrendous, um, especially African-Americans. I think their treatment has been absolutely horrendous over the years. And if you're looking at the likes of the Black Life Matters and all of that, it's actually terrible when you look back at what Martin Luther King Jr. was trying to do. And linking back to the film Mississippi Burning that I mentioned earlier that we still have to be talking about it now. Um, I mean, comments even going back to England years ago, no black or Irish need apply is it's actually terrible that that took place back then in the 50s or 60s. And I'm not just saying it was in England, far from it. It was it could happen in Ireland as well and all around the world. But I think it can stray away from the purpose that it can it should actually be for. So racism cannot be tolerated. Prejudice cannot be tolerated. People's gender orientation or anything like that should not be held against a person or be a termination of what that person is like. And in saying that, being a straight white male, I was never prejudiced against. So, um, but there are a sense that the the kind of the right pack can be straight away from at times if you look at social media the way it's gone especially say the likes of twitter and all of that i mean people's careers can be completely destroyed for a stupid mistake that they could have made in years and years ago um there was a politician a couple of years ago was prosecuted for drink driving he served his time uh, there are questions over the license he had and all of that, but he was a minister and he was forced to resign. And the politician served his time, in other words. If the guard didn't prosecute him for other aspects, well, that should have been dealt with at the time. But should people suffer for something that they were already punished or partly punished for in previous times, I think it's unfair. Um, should freedom of speech totally disappear? Yeah, I think on like on the freedom of speech, I think it's the most important thing. Like, I think that you we can all disagree with people, but I would kind of you know support people's right to say stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, like you know, and like probably the better thing to do is to get you know like people to say stuff and get it out there you know um rather because if you kind of if you cancel people or whatever all you do is you just drive that sort of thought underground and you know you kind of radicalize people more you know the way and you kind of 
you drive people more towards the fringes and stuff like that. So yeah, I would definitely be in favor of having, you know, open debate and freedom of speech and all these sort of things. And, you know, let people vote with their feet in terms of canceling someone, you know, don't kind of call for someone's head, just let people, you know, make up their own mind and stuff like that. And let the public, the right public discourse, um, you know, people have these conversations out in the open. I think that's kind of the best thing to do with, with freedom of speech and stuff like that. And, um, you know, like, you know, at the end of the day, there's a lot of companies that are taking advantage of kind of the whole woke culture, you know, so com- companies that might, you know, be doing kind of bad stuff and that they're, they're kind of saying that they're woke and then, you know, like all your sins are forgiven, if you know what I mean. So, yeah, it's kind of an odd kind of time, but I think like in time there will like usually when there's like a big movement in one direction, there's usually like a counter counter movement back to maybe somewhere towards the middle. So I imagine that's what's going to happen. It was a pleasure, Robbie, and for first anniversary one, I think it was a brilliant one. So fair play and a shout out to all the lads as well for making it special over the year. And for all the listeners as well, you can catch us on Facebook and Instagram and we love hearing from you. Until next week, Robbie, thanks a million and I talk to you then. Cool, TJ. Have a good one, man. Enjoy the penalties. Good luck. Good, good luck. luck. Good luck.